Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we had a very exciting episode of WandaVision this week, so major, major spoiler alert for everything in that. We also watched the Golden Globes, which aired on NBC on the 20th of February. It was an interesting experience. We had a lot to say about how that voting went. And finally, we watched Nomadland, which is now available on Hulu and did end up winning the Golden Globe for Best Picture Drama. So lots to discuss there. As I mentioned, spoiler alert for WandaVision and and without further ado, here's We're Watching What? Let's kick off with WandaVision. I already texted this to Matt, but my first note, I woke up really, really early. I couldn't sleep that day, unrelated to WandaVision. So I started watching very early in the morning. And my first note is, oh my God, Marvel actually loves Matt. <laughs> I think we we both texted Matt the same exact thing. Because I did, the, I did the same thing. Shocking. I was like, it was, I was shocking. Like, I was like, I don't know if you started yet, but Marvel definitely loves you or Disney loves you or something. Because we, I, at least I usually stay up until midnight and watch it. And Matt usually mm-hmm. does too. So sometimes we can yeah. complain about Disney Plus not being able to load it immediately. Because <laughs> they don't tend to load it immediately. But yeah, I, we don't generally talk about how we feel about the episodes until we get here. So these are definitely our first reactions. But I definitely needed to say something. Because <laughs> it was yeah, just that so was, like, it was like you it was we so, had to, it was just like this moment it. where we were just like, God, I wish I was watching. Watching with him so he could just be dying on the couch. I know. Yes. They read your tweets. I definitely made, I made noises. I definitely made noises. I am obviously it, you yeah, know, very... 15 uh, seconds in, it just goes straight yeah. to, to Salem. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> They're on my Twitter account. Yeah, so then we get a few seconds in and we get to the Salem Witch Tales immediately. So, of course, we had to think of Matt um, and his Twitter feed that is apparently giving ideas to Disney. Well, okay, let's be honest. It was filmed a while ago. But they did make you happy, which is really all you can ask for. You know, they really, really did. And I got to say, it's such an exciting thing because we've seen magic and things like that happening in the Marvel Universe, or the MCU already with Doctor Strange and all kinds of different stuff. But Wanda, the approach to her powers and everything so far having, and of course, we'll get into the whole Mind Stone thing, but having been from the Mind Stone in quotes, you know, as, as far as we've known this far, it's kind of, they kind of make things more scientific, I feel, in the movie sometimes than they do. They don't go full, like lean full into the just mystic, all that kind of stuff. And this was like, it was just so cool to see it just leaning all the way into like, now we're going to get into ancient witchcraft, you know, that kind of thing. And that they are going all in yeah. on this witchcraft thing. I just think it's so cool that I was just like, wow, this, you know, I didn't know that they would do it, but like, I'm so happy they did. <laughs> Maybe we can get into this later, but I wasn't sure. Are you still feeling like she's not a villain? Yeah. Even more so. That now. was my second question is, uh-huh. really? I feel, it, I feel it even more. I mean, we see she had nothing to do with the creation of it. I think I said last week, I felt like she probably was drawn to the power of it and wanted to see what's going on here. She's getting there. She was testing the, the, the waters and trying to tiptoe around Wanda and figure out who is this girl? How did she do this? Because this is nuts. And then I think there's an element of her wanting to know how to do it because maybe she does want to have this this level of power. But I think she's also kind of like, well, this is dangerous. And, she, you know, go the whole reveal of she, her being labeled a Scarlet Witch. She killed her entire husband. Yeah, but they were trying to kill her. Like, I would have done the same thing. So, like, she had no choice. <laughs> like, what was she supposed to do? I agree with Jackie. I'm murdering all those people. They were attacking her, but she didn't have to retaliate to that level. I'm not against her retaliating. I'm just saying that it definitely paints her... As, a as more of a villain yeah. than than someone that is doing something out of the goodness of their heart. So that's where that's where I am. Yeah, I don't think it's the goodness of her heart. I think it's like her her intentions may still be selfish, but it's a thing where it's like she's legitimately like, what the hell is this? This yeah. kind of power. And, you know, they're obviously pinning the title of a Scarlet Witch with probably what Marvel the Comics calls a Nexus being, which I think is like that kind of really powerful thing, which Scarlet, which is the Nexus being of Earth 616, right, in the comics. But it's a thing where they, they clearly seem to be doing the Scarlet Witch mantra with that, which I wondered if we're going to get into the history of her mother, her grandma, the original Scarlet Witch, that kind of stuff, which would be kind of fun. But anyway, she's drawn to the power and she's more kind of like, what the hell is this? Maybe she wants it, maybe whatever it is, but I don't think it's something where it's, oh, okay, I'm out here and I'm going to be some bad witch who's going to try to take over the world or something necessarily. But either way, I, oh, I would no, argue. I don't- I think she's Any. going to take over the world, but I would definitely say that she's not got Wanda's best interest at heart. No. No, probably not because she's like, you're, I, at this point, she's like, you're a danger and it's something where I think she would take the approach of, you're either going to come with me and we're going to figure this out and we're going to try to make it so that, because Wanda has the power to potentially destroy the world, you know, so it's this thing where we're going to get this figured out I, or 
you're with I mean, me or you're, you're against still, me kind of thing. You're still approaching it. Right. But I, yeah, I mean, maybe she But will Wanda's be. a villain. Go watch Civil War. It's like Tony Stark is a villain to Captain America. No, you know, I'm it's not like against anyone can that. Be a villain I'm just saying, like, other, you know? yeah, right. And that's why when you're like saying you didn't want her to be a villain, I would, I mean, I would say that she is becoming at least a villain to Wanda at this point, you know. Yeah, but Wanda's a villain to the world her. right now. Well, yeah, of know? course. No one's saying she isn't. But, you know, I'm just saying that, like, if we're going to classify it, that I would think that her her motives seem to me at least selfishly motivated in the sense that she wants that power. And I don't think she cares how she gets it. Yeah, I don't think she's trying to diffuse Wanda in that situation because she is worried about anybody outside of Westview. I think she wants to figure out how it happened and how she can achieve the same level. Now, what would she do with that power? We're not sure. You know, that part is not necessarily clear, but I I very much agree that she does not have intentions that are quote unquote good towards anybody in the show. And also... I'm worried that they're going to explain it away if we do want to say like, hey, she's never actually been a, a villain in quotes that she, you know, the once she touched the book, she was possessed or something along those lines, right? That something mm-hmm. else is manifesting through her. It has corrupted her for all these years, blah, 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 that Agatha Harkness is actually a really good person. And it's this book and the entity that's associated with it. I could see them explaining it away that way. I wouldn't be happy about that. I really just want to see Catherine Hahn as a villain, but yeah. I mean, I was pretty excited about the whole thing. I loved watching her kill all those bitches for for being jealous of her power. I liked knowing that she sort of lived this whole time and and figured everything out. And I mean, I'm excited to see where it goes. But I do understand like wanting sort of that friendship, I guess, that her and Wanda have in the comics and hoping that that kind of comes to fruition somehow. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want that, but I also just, I don't know, the way I see it, I just, I don't see this as like a big villain move. I, I see it, the, the witches, it's like, it's something where you could look at it as, okay, everyone's a villain to somebody, but it's a thing where these, historically, from what I've seen of them anyway, when I look at like the comic stuff, with not just Agatha, but just witches in general in the Marvel Universe, it's very much witches are over here, everyone else is over here type of thing. And so the sisterhood, the coven, all the kind of different stuff. And this this feeling of regardless of what she might want the power for or what she wants to do, I don't think she's out here trying to save the world for anyone but Agatha's sake, but she is living in this dimension and in this world. And if Wanda destroys it, that's bad news for her. So it's a thing where, you know, we're looking at potentially an anti-hero, but I, I just don't see it as like big Marvel villain coming in here. I don't see it. And and I, I see them obviously setting Wanda well, up for villains. I think she's not yeah, no, no. the big Marvel villain. That's not we're what not we're saying. saying. She's the big. Um, I didn't say. No, I'm not saying the big. I just mean a big, a big villain. No, I'm not even expecting that. I'm just saying that she has not good intent towards Wanda. Like her, she didn't come here. Yeah, that that could be totally true. But I just mean like you know, there's several figures that don't have good in, good intentions toward Loki, who had a very heartbreaking story, and it's a thing. But he was the villain. It's like Wanda's becoming a villain. And what she's doing, whether regardless of whether she means to or not, what she's doing is terrible. So someone opposing her to me is not a villain. Because right now Wanda's not a hero, not a good person. So it's Oh, like, I don't even think she's opposing her though. That's not what I'm saying. I, I don't think the villain means opposing. I think she wants what Wanda has and she will do anything to get what Wanda has. No, maybe she'll work with Wanda to get it. And it looks like she has been kind of patiently at least waiting to see. But I don't think that she's there to protect or do anything that isn't for herself, but it is mostly to find and get that power any way she can. And I think in this world, like, let's assume that, you know, we're not going through the comics, Agatha Harkness, that what they have set up so far implies to me that were she to gain that power, it would not bode well for humanity in general, right? That she is on this mission to continue to become a more and more powerful being, seems to be a little power hungry. Like, we don't know what she has done in the past, past the Salem witch trials to stay alive and stay, you know, young and whatever to this point. And so I, I would imagine if she were to gain this level of power that she would not use it for like traditionally good things. <laughs> but to be fair, we don't know what she's done in between the time, right? So we true. don't know what That's happened true. after Salem. Maybe she has all this regret about killing her coven. Maybe she really couldn't control her powers in that moment. Or even if she could, maybe she's met some other person along the way who's taught her something else. And so there's definitely room, right? Like there's room for her to be someone else. I just, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But even the coven thing for me, I guess I just look at it in a way where I'm like, unless you're talking about Steve Rogers, I'm like, I would wager almost any single person that we've met in any of these movies would absolutely kill anyone trying to kill them. Like to that level where they are like, I'm about to die unless I turn this around on you. 
So it's like, I'm just kind of like. Yeah, but I mean, I think she didn't have to kill everyone in that whole circle to get that across, I don't think. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they were all, they all had latched into her. So it's a thing where I'm just like, I guess I don't know. Right. We don't know the level of control. It's true. We, we, we have But I'm just, yeah. But I'm just kind of like, if I'm at a stake and everyone is sending a power to kill me and I have the power to reverse it on them, I'm going to reverse it on them. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And if that makes me a villain, I guess I'm a villain. It. But I just, you know, like, but in that scene, but I. Yeah, no, I'm not, you know, and you know, I love a villain. So I'm not. Oh, well, try. Not, I love villains. I love it. villains more than heroes usually. But I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't really see it here. And I, uh, I mean, it could be cool if they do it. It'd be totally cool. But I just, I'm just not seeing it. And I don't. At, we'll see how this next episode kind of starts out because it's like I, I kind of got the impression. I'm not sure if you, you both got this way too, but with the ending and her kind of doing the little drop in the Scarlet Witch bomb and, you know, thought to be a myth and all these things made me kind of get the impression that Agatha, by the end of the episode with the boys there, is obviously setting up some sort of leverage game, but is probably at a place where she probably knows that she's not going to be capable of having the power that Wanda has because she's actually a Scarlet Witch. She's thinking she's just some witch who like learned this, this and that. And then she comes to the realization, holy crap, you're a Scarlet Witch. And so it kind of seemed like, okay, now, so now we are, I think, going to see what her actual reaction to this is. And we probably will have more answer to this in a week you know as far as like you know i hope she sticks around regardless (laughs) in our last episode yeah (laughs) i mean i hope she sticks around beyond the show but it's just a thing where you know it'll be interesting to see kind of how she how 100 percent really is i I loved i mean of course you know i died when they called her scarlet witch i thought that was really cool um this kind of branding her as this different type of witch uh, very interesting. I didn't know too much about the history like you were explaining earlier, Matt, in Marvel. I haven't read too much of it. So for me, it was just really cool that they sort of gave her a reason beyond the stone that her why she's so powerful, right? Yeah, um, and, remember and we, I remember we talked about that too, which was so cool because it was like part of the like, I know my wild Magneto thing, but I just like, I was the idea that maybe the stones actually brought out these abilities rather like kind of brought them mm-hmm. more to the front but that they were already there Absolutely. and yeah no and that's what i thought of too yeah. yeah and we don't know if how that is for pietro we don't know so is that were they mutants or were or are we just leaning all the way into this witch thing but it really does leave that possibility open which is kind of cool and i yeah, agreed. and neat. i kind of love the idea that yeah. yeah that she doesn't have that she has the powers anyway no and for me the really one of the really high points of the episode and i want to get your opinion on this too is when she sees that image with the full headpiece and everything in the when she's the mind stone test and looking up and seeing do you think that was herself or do you think that could have been potentially her mother or a previous scarlet witch i was hoping for her mother or previous Scarlet. oh i thought it was her yeah that's the thing is it it probably and totally might be her but but since they went into this decided to kind of say oh you are a scarlet witch like there's a history here what these witches are and this and that Mm -hmm. i was like how cool if we actually got to her because you know the, the parents we obviously see in Sokovia, those are adopted parents, you know, but Natalia Roma, or Romanoff, uh, Maximoff, you know, her mom would be such a cool, like, not, she wouldn't be alive, but in comics, there's a lot of stuff where it's like she's with her all the mm-hmm. time and they walk, they, you know, you walk the witch's road and do all these crazy witch things that are in all kinds of mm-hmm. witch lore, you know, and you can see her kind of in an afterlife, but it would be kind of cool if we went into like this, her kind of going down this path of learning about this stuff and I think it's one of those things where Agatha might end up villain or not, might end up being a key figure in being able to learn or help people learn how to diffuse her when she goes off the rails. Just by yeah, that makes this sense. being an ancient magic type of thing that the world is just not aware exists, you know, and so that's kind of interesting. And so it, it'll be really, right. it could be cool to see. And I have hopes that that Captain Han will appear in Doctor Strange now, especially. But well, I think, like, I guess the, the big question sort of going into the finale is how big is Marvel going to go, right? How much are we really going to make WandaVision necessary for the rest mm-hmm. of that, right. right? How far are we going to take this? And I really feel like, for me at least, if they don't go there, if we don't get something that sort of alters sort of the fabric of this or introduces something, I, I do feel like I'll be disappointed. I mean, we've said it from the very beginning, right? We said the show is either going to be, you know, at the very end, it's, it's going to determine whether or not this was worth our time or not. And I feel like they've certainly done a better job of, for me at least, investing. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm in, yeah. I'm in, I'm in, but it could all turn on a dime. And we're going to have to see. I have multiple questions about this episode as a byproduct. What am I the? <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and be right back. 
Am I the only one? Am I the only next generation fan Star Trek? I like it. Okay, I, I, I've there's seen an episode, it once. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call myself like a Trekkie necessarily. Sure, sure. But like you know, there's an episode, a very famous episode called "The Measure of a Man." And are you familiar with the character Data, yeah. the android? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, somebody shows up in at, in this episode and says, like, hey, we want to disassemble him and we want to study him, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's also about the um, the Turing test and, you know, all that stuff. And I was just like, oh, this episode is Measure of a Man. You know, this WandaVision's Measure of a Man. What is the vision we get at the end? Is that vision? Is Wanda's version of it vision? Like, do we think that Vision slash Paul Bettany is going to survive past this show? Another question I have is, why was she not a redhead as a child <laughs> um, <laughs> really big important she dyes her hair i'm not natural purple headed either okay, okay also, well does she have to be redhead been. now because she's not even in the comics it's right bizarre she's a total brunette but <laughs> i hate this wig i just gotta tell you i do not like it i was gonna say no, that last it was not episodes. it was bad it was it's funny because it was like it was fine until she does the straight hair again and the straight yeah, hair like, wig ooh. is just <laughs> it's just, not, it it's just so friend. obviously it's a wig it's like oh no yeah. But so then my the biggest question I think I have at this point is why did we get Evan Peters? Cuz this I think this plays into the question of is the are they going big? Are they actually going to make this show matter? Are they going to have this extend beyond the scope of just Disney Plus? Why bring in Evan Peters? We've touched on this question in previous episodes, but this in particular, now that Agatha has revealed, you know, how much she was involved in all of this, like why him? Yeah. Right off the bat, just to start with the Evan Peters thing, I have a lot to say about White Vision, but but Evan Peters it's like you both know how upset I was about the X-Men things. I was like, ah, oh, those movies are so messy. But then this, as the alternative, which I think we also touched on that week, is not necessarily even better in the way where it's like, is this something that they literally just did it to make us all go crazy? You know what I mean? And they just decided to like mm-hmm. bring him in as like paying homage Mess to this. Us? Yeah. Yeah. And kind of paying homage to this character who was created in these newer movies that people liked, you know, and kind of being like, oh, let's pay homage to him, even though R.I.P. X-Men, you know. Or, you know, a little tongue in cheek action at the, you know, the problems that they've had getting all the Marvel stuff under one roof would be kind of funny, too. You know, yeah. But it's just one yeah, of those things I where like, like the implications they, of it are so grand. Yeah. Well, because they knew that they know what we do. They know they knew that that this was going to be a thing that people were going to lose their minds over and all whatever. And so it's like it was mean to do that if it's if it really is totally <laughs> of no consequence. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, I, like, I'll, I'll get over it because I would selfishly, I would just rather those X-Men movies were their own thing and didn't exist even in the multiverse here in the MCU. But just because they're so messy. So I'll get over it. But it is it's a mean thing. And it's kind of like, OK, so that it makes you like wonder what Easter yeah. eggs do you really throw in there just to mess people up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've been all screaming, not all of us. I know, Dana, you haven't thought this Red herrings, most of the time, but as we should call Mephisto, them. Mephisto, yeah. you know, all this, whatever, which still could be a thing, but it's just the thing where it's like they put, they definitely put certain things in to kind of make you think something or hope like, that people they know what think will grasp onto, even though they're not going to matter. And it's like, okay, I guess it's just probably fun for them to do. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it is yeah, classic. Yeah. It, it's classic misdirection to use red herrings. Yep. So I, I do think that as cruel as we think it is, because it, it crushes some hopes. It definitely is a classic, you know, mystery writer thing that they do. I will say that I hope that the only reason why it was him wasn't just because, you know, it happened. Agatha just picked that body. I think with the multiverse movie coming with Doctor Strange, I hope they go there. I hope that we figure out a multiverse situation. But yeah, I, I agree. The way that she was talking, the way that Agatha was talking about it, it really had me concerned that, oh, this is just like an arbitrary throwaway quasi cameo quasi red herring scenario and i would be sorely disappointed at this point there's a line between cheeky and then there's a line of just like what you've just made this much more confusing than it needed to be because (laughs) if that was the case like i would have rather they did like an off-brand with aaron taylor johnson right like somebody who looks like him but is clearly not him and honestly there are plenty of those (laughs) actors out there yeah totally no, I agree. I, I wish they would have just brought back, just brought someone random. And we yeah. still would have been like, oh, I wonder if this is from a rip in the middle. You know, multiverse, they, they mm-hmm. found him in a different dimension. He still would have thought that without it being Evan Peters, you know. Right. And because it's Evan Peters, it's just such a, hey, we're going to do this thing. And then especially yeah. since they had announced the Doctor Strange title and they're leaking things all over the place. You know, people are talking about, you know, how this is going to make Spider-Man the new one, which is going to forget the title of it. Makes sense. And, I, yeah, um, yeah. Something about being away from home or not yeah, I mean, no way home? They, All the way I think it's home. No, it's no, no, no way home. home. No way home. Yeah. No way home. <laughs> they, well, they teased, but there was a bunch of fake versions that came out because it was all a joke, whatever. But 
Yeah, it's no way home. I think's the answer. Yeah, there we go. We say it's a joke. What do you want to bet that it has to do with the multiverse? Like, well, it no, does, I read. Yeah. I read that it does. Honestly, I did read that. So I, I don't know if I read it because honestly, I don't remember where I read it. So I don't know if it was yeah, a rumor yeah. or if if someone was actually commenting. But I think if if Marvel doesn't go here with this finale, it's just going to be so so disheartening. Well, and I think there are ways they can go there. Because the thing is, we know that... So here's the thing. I guess it kind of goes into the White Vision thing. I found it really fun because, uh, randomly, that's actually the first Vision I ever met in the comics because he was really hot in the 90s. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) when I first met Vision, he was white and he was this android who just, like, was total just robotic dick. You know what I mean? Just, like, total under government control and stuff like that, but or other controls of power it be. So it's funny because that's the Vision I knew until I met and started reading older comics. And then when he kind of got back to his, you know, normal self, I started reading about that. I was like, oh, okay. But anyway, in the comics, you know, this is very, very canon. It's just, it's like S.W.O.R.D. doing it here. It's a little different, but it was still like disgruntled employees that kind of went and, and did it. But then what's interesting about it is you later find out that it was because of Immortus, a, a character named Immortus, who you learn, you know in the comics, but like you learn is an alternate version of Kang the Conqueror, who we know is going to be an Ant-Man, and I think the Loki series, maybe? But we know he's a bad guy in Ant-Man. And he's a big Marvel villain. And so I thought it'd be interesting, I don't, not, not think it has to tie that closely or whatever, but interesting, even though we're over the idea that, you know, like how S.H.I.E.L.D. was Hydra, it's like if S.W.O.R.D. is being run by someone bad, it's like, okay, it's annoying. I, I mean, you know they're not necessarily great because they're doing things that are Kind of unethical, but it'd be like annoying, right? If it was <laughs> slightly unethical, but anyway, it, it would be interesting if they were laying the groundwork there a little bit and knowing that Kang is going to be involved. And I know that Fantastic Four stuff coming in, it's like they're going to be going into time travel stuff. They're going to be doing, we already did that, of course, in Endgame, but they're going to be doing all kinds of different things that maybe this is really going to be laying some really subtle groundwork for the big bad. Because you think back when like Infinity stuff was being teased back, we knew what was going on mm-hmm. and people you caught on quickly, but like learning that, oh, this was this stone and things like casually mentioned, it really was subtle the way they were laying the groundwork at first. And then it became the whole focus, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like the focus. We didn't know it was the focus at first. We just knew they were hinting. So I feel like if they do a similar approach to that, it, we feel more impatient about it because now we know what they're capable of. We're like, just get there, get there. I want to know what you're doing. But Maybe they will take their time with it and and it'll pay off in the long run. (laughs) But I'm impatient. I'm impatient. But I I want it now. I totally agree. I have a a clarifying question about S.W.O.R.D. It looked like to me, and I didn't rewatch this episode, I didn't have time. Is the woman who rolled out albino vision, like that's the one who Mm -hmm. Monica Rambeau brought in, right? She was like the the one who helped her with the like, you know, spaceship thing. So she's actually not necessarily an ally to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We don't Maybe know. the aerospace engineer. But it's the same actor, right? Yeah. It was like it wasn't a different. Yeah, thing. Okay. that anyway. Yeah. I still believe Dottie is someone. Oh, yeah. I think Dottie well, was just a fun. Maybe Dottie's character. just a red herring. I don't know, yeah. but I, I'm hoping that it still comes back. I mean, we haven't seen her since. We've seen multiple. We saw her in the one shot. She's like trimming her flowers or something, and she looks mm-hmm. up when Monica or when Wanda and, and uh, Monica and Wanda were fighting, and and she was kind of yeah. becoming Spectrum or Photon at that point. Mm-hmm. And we saw a shot of Dottie there, and I remember thinking, like, oh, Dottie's back, but then it, like, nothing. So it's like, I don't know. I know, and then nothing. It's... I want it. I did not notice it was Dottie. I just, we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we got the... I did notice it was Dottie, and she seemed like the only one who was, like, watching them. Which yeah, was... I mean, at any rate, it was, like, a, a fancy blonde lady, so I thought it was Dottie. So, <laughs> But I, you know... It, oh, I assumed it was, she was Dottie, like, too. I think so, too. And she was, like, paying close, like, looking at them, like, what are you doing? Whereas, like, everyone else so pretends now. they're not fighting, you know, mm-hmm. which right. I thought was interesting. But it... I mean, do they have time for that? I don't know. <laughs> do they? I don't know. Right. So we have one episode left. Oh, no. What it's only like a 25-minute episode, too. Is it? Did they confirm? What do we think we're going to cover in the finale? I think what we're going to see is this whole episode we got, and it was all a bunch of like, okay, here's some backstory and emotion, right? But it was interesting. I was thinking the whole time about how much time is really passing during all this, and maybe it's not all that much time. But in the episode prior, the last time we saw Vision, he took off and was headed toward Wanda because he was with Darcy, remember? And he was like, mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm, like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I'll meet you there. And he like, he's like, I can't do it all, yeah. whatever. So he's going back over there. So I imagine that by now, because I mean, I know it's not that big where they are. I mean, I know it's spread out, got bigger, but I imagine <laughs> from where they are, he's probably about there. 
you know, with this conflict we're seeing at the at the end of this episode. Or he's looking, yeah, yeah, or looking for her. As, he'd be like he'd be like arriving because they're outside Agatha's house at that point, right? Because she just came out of the basement there, so it's like, oh, right. you know, so presumably he would be arriving right pretty quickly. And I think we'll get into some sort of fight here, but I think we're gonna. I I would it'd be pretty cool if White Vision came in. I think it's gonna be very emotional because I think White Vision essentially is the, the android without the soul. So in in the MCU MCU that means Jarvis is not there. But uh, anymore. But so you're going to see this soul version of him in Westview who cannot leave Westview. And I think we will probably see the destruction of the hex here. And he will have to probably go with it. But White Vision, I'm sure, is going to stick around uh, as a thing. And that will be Mm -hmm. probably whether it's and we don't know what's going to happen to the kids or not. But that is going to be a huge nail in the uh, the coffin when it comes to Wanda's sanity. I think think we're going to get a big showdown. I just don't know how many like answers as much as hints we're going to get about the direction moving forward. Which is just really sad. Yeah, I feel like we're only going to get hints and I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be disappointed and sad. But yeah, I honestly, I, I don't know what we're going to see. I, I don't It'll be that. interesting, though, to see when Falcon Winter Soldier starts very shortly after to see timeline and if if this event is is at all, if there's any fallout or anything. If they address it in, at all. Yeah. into that, you know, they and should. Maybe things are just sort of but... going wrong. And I mean, you'd hope so. But I also sort of love the idea that things are sort of going wrong in different places and they don't really understand. They're all And then a movie out. comes and everyone's, and they're all like, oh God, this mm-hmm. is a problem because they've been individually sort of dealing with shit. And then. Yeah. So depending on how this goes and where it goes and how far into like the beginning of multiverse type of stuff we get to or whatnot, learning about a multiverse is the exact kind of thing that someone like Baron Zemo would go crazy with. And so just, I could totally see if we did kind of go there that that show yeah. ends up kind of hinting that storyline is kind of going in that direction as well. I don't think we're going to be like in multiverse world in, in Falcon Winter Soldier, but I just mean with what the big bad is trying to accomplish in it, I could see us going. There. Yeah. And then Loki, we already know he went off. <laughs> so Well, he's, he's doing his own multiverse thing on his own. So it's not, well, we, already know he, we already know he's in a different place. And so with- I can't wait to see what happens. I'm actually kind of happy. I, I don't really know what'll happen. I definitely think there's some sort of showdown. I'm sure after I watch it, I'll be like, yeah, I called it. I totally knew that was going to happen. <laughs> we talked about it in this episode really early. But, you know, when I'm sitting here just thinking about, like, exactly what I think will happen, I'm actually in a, a fun place for someone who watches a lot of these and not really feeling like I know exactly what's going to happen in this episode. And I, I think that that is always something that I look for in writing. And so I'm grateful that I yeah. can still well, be in a place here and being able to like guess things, but not actually feel like, oh, I totally know how this is going and how boring. I think what's fun here is kind of nail on the head there. I think when comparing to what we just got through with the Infinity Stones, you talk to any comic book person that knows anything about Infinity Gauntlet and they knew kind of where it was going without knowing how we were going to get there necessarily. But the only thing we really know right now as a shtick is that we're getting into multiverse stuff. That doesn't narrow anything down. Like, you know, <laughs> it really like, it's like, yeah, that expands it, the possibilities know, infinitely. Yeah. It just expands yeah. it so much. And like comic, you can go comics for days about like possibilities of what could happen. And we've talked about all these different, every villain we have talked about as like a potential in this thing or like whatever that I've wished was in the thing or whatever is linked to multiverse stories because they all are like it's, you know, at some point. So it's just that kind of thing where, yeah, the possibilities are truly endless and it's kind of in that way, exciting to be on the side of things where we really, I mean, no one really knows. And so it's just, it's, it's exciting. So to wrap things up, I realized my last question about this Mm -hmm. was who chooses to live in Jersey? Like, oh, come on, I Vision. Know. I know you're not technically a human, but yeah. you I love have that. access to all of all of the, you know, and you picked New Jersey. I won't lie to you. I, I was, questions. I wished, I had like this like secret wish that that, when she saw that in the car, I was hoping she just like, that it was like one of the first times she saw it, but she's like, oh no, she clearly is carrying this around with her. I had this like secret wish that that was like planted as something she found and it was really some big bad who like wanted her to go do this here because it's like a nexus portal type of thing. Like, you know, whatever, like oh, it would cause a bunch yeah. of problems. I know it's not that. Cause I'm like, he really just saw this like random little, little plot of land in Jersey. and was like, this is where we should set up home. And this it's genuinely a tiny one run. for being. Well, like when we meet them in infinity ward, they're like on the run trying to pretend they can be normal people. And I'm like, you're going to settle down in a neighborhood. In Jersey. Right. Like, you know oh, I mean? maybe that's why, because nobody would look for them in Jersey. Nobody <laughs> would look for you in Jersey. That's the that's the answer. There you go. Who was settled down there? Someone who does not want to be found. We did it. We solved it. <laughs> yeah. Someone we who does not want to be found. And, oh. 
and Good. wants to party in Atlantic City. All right. Well, well, we'll see what happens next week. The other sort of big uh, landmarks this week were the Golden Globes happened. I mm-hmm. I, just, I don't even know where to start. Don't <laughs> I didn't, even know where to start. No. I didn't watch. So you guys will have to tell me how the telecast went. Yeah. Not well. It did. It went about as well as the the beginning of this tech of this call went. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Daniel Kaluuya got yeah. won the first award of the night, and you know his Zoom did not work. And in fact, I heard I, on the version I was watching, I'm pretty sure I heard whoever was like in, in the control room, their mic was hot, and they're like, "Oh shit, is he muted?" Or like, you know, I don't think they actually saw <laughs> it. They're like, "Oh god, is he? Like, can you hear him?" <laughs> I, listen, I feel for Dick Clark. I think they produced it again, right? The production company. That- usually does I think like, so I, I, yeah I don't fault them at all no, no, you know yeah yeah it's just it's yeah. like what a wild wild world where it's just like how you're doing this and it was honestly so Jackie they so filmed in the the rainbow room in New York which is where I think Tina was and then um yeah Amy was here and they so they were by coast and so they had two little audiences of first responders and things like that which i thought was kind of cool weird but you know if, if you wanted to have a live audience it was nice like how fun for them to go i would i would have loved to go so like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but it was Put like, themselves you know, at risk a oh boy like, yeah <laughs> right i know but either way it's like to be doing two live broadcasts at the same time and having them synced up and stuff like i was trying to wrap my mind i've done live production before and trying to wrap my mind around like ooh, <laughs> like that that was a feat and there were some technical issues of course and even when the, when the audio was working, there were speaker pops and different kinds of things going on that was like, ah. but uh, I will say Tina and Amy, like their opening monologue, I thought was so seamless. Like it wasn't the funniest thing I'd ever heard, but it was so like they it felt like they were in the same room together. I thought they were they're just I thought they were that good. Together. Yeah, they also to their credit, they ripped in. They didn't pull punches. They immediately addressed the fact that the voting body had zero black members in it, which I was like, OK, I mean, I think that's also the only way you can do it. Right. You have to yeah, talk have about to. it up front. Otherwise, it's just this. I mean, they also had this awkward moment later where the, you know, several members of the HFPA came out uh, and were like, we're going to do better. We promise. And it's like, yeah. oh, OK, well, you promised before. Yeah. And yeah. yeah but it, there was also this really awkward function where they would have all the nominees like they got a good portion of people dialed in in these Zoom mm-hmm. kind of waiting rooms. And sometimes they would cut to them and they would be talking to each other. And sometimes yeah. during like somebody's speech, they would cut to Zoom cam reactions. And I was like, does that mean that? Every person who had dialed in was just could be cut to at any point and had to be on to the be whole ready. time, yeah. right? Like had oh, to be. I saw people looking at phones at certain points. Yeah, yeah. I just saw it was a recipe for a disaster. Mm-hmm. I don't think we saw anything truly catastrophic from that. It was awkward, but not catastrophic. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird because I want to know how they managed. Because, for example, Jackie, it would go to cut to a commercial break, which, by the way, I felt like there were more commercials than there were show. But I, yeah, I fast forwarded. I was just, it was just what, how many commercial breaks? It was like one award commercial break, one award, it was, you know, it was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, one that stood out was Nicole. So best actress and doing a drama, river. drama, yeah. right? So when she was nominated, so it's her and like Anya and like a bunch of the nominees. And when it would be going to commercial break, it would show like this, like staggered, like a bunch of different little screens on this little setup that they'd be filming going to commercial to kind of tease what the next award is. You would see them all on there. But clearly, mm-hmm. the ladies had all just been put into a Zoom room with each other to get ready for that announcement because they're all in the same Zoom for that announcement. Mm-hmm. And so they would start talking to each other as like the announcer's like, oh, I'm the way back. And Nicole's like, how are you guys doing? It's like, oh my God, I can't. And Michelle Pfeiffer, she's like, I can't. She got my glasses on, so I can't see who I'm talking to. But it would be like conflicting audio. It was so weird. I was like, hmm. I feel like they intentionally cut to those to try and be like, no, look, it's like them because schm-. you know when yeah. they actually used to have the live telecast and people in the same room, they would you cut to and you'd see mm-hmm. people like you know uh, uh, meeting each other at tables and Reese mm-hmm. getting champagne from Beyonce is a great story. <laughs> That's that will true. Never get old. Yeah. You know, no, you're, you're probably right, but they should have not had their audio be like on what we could hear like they could be talking to them you could see them laughing Correct. and smiling yes but we could hear them talking and so it was just really random and it was like i don't think any of them knew that we could hear them either they didn't know or if you're going to do that see. you have to tell them that you're going yeah. to them and right? maybe like, they did but i think they knew weird. i do i truly do think they knew that they were in the waiting room yeah yeah well no i think they did but i don't know that they knew that like the audio would be legible to us <laughs> but maybe who knows it's just weird 
think so. Because I saw a, who is it? John Boyega posted like his point of view and you saw the little like Zoom room type setup, mm. you know, it was like not technically Zoom, but, you know, it said waiting, you know, green room, whatever for supporting. Act. So I do think they had like some level of awareness about it. It was odd. There they were tried. a lot of awards that I thoroughly disagree with. Yeah, such as usual. Uh, there were some that I was happy about, some that I was like, mm-hmm, and then some that were just super predictable. You know, it was just kind of a mix of like more as usual, you know. But I don't know. I go back and I look and I was, my sister and I were texting a little bit during it. I was like, you know, some of these nominations, you know, we go back to like Emily in Paris, which, you know, whatever. But things like that where TV, like we said last week, the TV nominations, the films, I can, I mean, there are there are things that are left out, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I'm giving like the films is like, it's kind of a wash this last year movie-wise. There's great movies, some of them, but it was just a thing where there were so few movies in comparison to usual years because things got pushed. TV, mm-hmm. like we said, was plentiful last year. Like, so like there is no reason to be nominating things like Emily in Paris for it being like that. There were so many better things. And I, and I don't even mean to like be mean to the people who worked on it. It just, there were better things, you know? I think they know that. I know. I truly feel like it undermines everything, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, how did this get into this category? And I do want to talk to the two of you about this. I'm very interested in your thoughts on this. When all of the Black actors started winning, mm-hmm. because the the Black actors swept, not swept, but they did, you know, um, Jadwick Boseman won. And, and I have to say his widow's speech was just, it was very heartfelt and, and beautiful yeah. and I cried you know it was a it was just a really powerful moment but so I was like okay Chadwick Boseman I think we all kind of knew this was going to happen right like okay fine as Matt said it's like not the strongest year whatever as I said Jan- Daniel Kaluuya was the first winner of the night I personally thought of the nominees for that category Judas and Black Messiah was the strongest that's not saying that you know the strongest category in general but then when John Boyega won for you know small acts I and then uh, I think the one that really honestly tipped it for me was the Billie Holiday one, Andre Day mm-hmm. one for that. And I haven't seen it yet because it came out two days before the telecast on Hulu and mm-hmm. just, all, you know, but the fact that it didn't screen for critics, I was just like, did voting happen after they got called out for not having any Black members? Because to me, what it felt like, and I'm not saying this is the case, but to me, what it felt like is them going, we swear we're not racist. Mm-hmm. let's vote for the black performers and no i definitely felt that way mm-hmm. okay good i'm glad i'm not the only one who felt that way I, I, you know it's so upsetting because it just feels like it's such a disservice to the winners because mm-hmm. people are people might question that you know whether or not they legitimately deserve this or whether or not they were voted because and that's the exact opposite of what diversity equity and inclusion is supposed to be right totally. you're not supposed to get the award or get the job or get the whatever because you are a minority or, you know, a different gender or just like a not main group, you're supposed to get it because you are the best at what you do and you just need to be given the same opportunities that majority groups have been given. And so to me, I was like, I feel like they've actually set back diversity and inclusion by voting the way they did. Yeah, no, it felt that way a little bit to me too. I don't, it's not to say I think a bunch of the awards are like totally undeserved or anything. It's just, it felt very performative Mm -hmm. and even like looking at some of the audience and like you could see I feel like they went and they moved uh, couples or people of color kind of closer to the front to kind of like try to do damage control which Mm -hmm. I am all for black actors and actresses like sweeping I'm all for all of it like I mean we need more right but when it comes in such a way that feels so not genuine especially on the heels of just having this like controversy brought to people's attention very closely before the show it just felt very kind of like like you're saying like it's just like oh no look at me like it's kind of like a person who's saying they're not racist so they want to list off all their black friends and it's kind of like oh, well okay. it's you know, i was just gonna say it's the, i have a black friend of awards yeah. like, it's like oh but well, you're counting black, them yeah, okay you know what i mean like it's like and so it's that kind of thing where it's like it just feels a little performative in the way where it's come on like give me a break you know i'm i'm happy that winning this type of award, which again, it's a globe, not an Oscar. So it's not quite as, you know, but I'm glad that it raises a person's stock a bit, you know, a little bit like when you're looking for new jobs and where it's like, oh, a Golden Globe winner, it means something. It means more than not being a Golden Globe winner, right? So I'm happy for right. the people who won that that is, that, that that's good. But it just, it felt very like you guys are trying real hard to like pretend you're really, really, uh, like you care, <laughs> you know? And it, it, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. 
I guess I guess we could actually look up when their voting was due, couldn't we? Does it say? Yeah, I don't know. Is that public knowledge? Yeah, it probably is. I don't know when when the controversy started, though. So I mean, the controversy's been going on for I, a long right. time. The article, the article in the LA, I think it was the LA Times or whoever kind of blew the whistle on it again for the thousandth time. Seems like it was pretty recent, but I it might just be when it came across. I mean, I saw it on Instagram, but only like a couple of days before the show. Yeah, and I would assume they would know before that, but then I don't really know. Maybe yeah, I would think they did. would too, but yeah, maybe it is down to the wire. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look it up later. I think it's, it's not, it's not easily. The, the information is not like super clearly available. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I just, Probably yeah. on purpose. I yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's exactly. Like, we voted this week, and you know, as Matt said, but like maybe the, it's just like the year and the, you know, the stuff that's happened and right. It got surface close to. I don't. Again, I don't know, and that's that's the thing that just makes me sad. Like no matter what. the whole there's just an asterisk over the whole thing for me but honestly doesn't that sort of and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong but doesn't that sort of just speak to the feeling of being a minority like I do feel like sometimes and and maybe maybe you don't feel this way but sometimes I do feel like I get things because I'm disabled you know that there is someone who wants to help the disabled kid out you know and so I think that like and so I think Color, right, like I, I totally like. Feel I feel, yeah, I feel that those things sometimes, you know, are always going to creep into our brains and always make us feel that way. And I think it's interesting that they would have created a space that mirrors the the real feeling of being a minority so uh, so well, actually, right? You know, giving yeah. them all the all the prizes just to make up for years of abuse, and all it does is kind of re ignite those those worries and those feelings that creep in the back of your head right i think when it comes to minorities of all different kinds and we know that you know white is a thing and white men is a thing and i think white savior complex is like a thing Mm -hmm. that people have so much and it's a thing where it's like you like to be able to say like oh look at this thing that i gave you that i did for you or whatever because it makes you feel so good inside because you helped the poor little minority or the poor girl in the wheelchair or the like you know what people mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. have it in general but white people have it hardcore so that's the the funny thing to me about the hollywood foreign press association <laughs> right it's like you would think that this is a group that would consist of more diverse people just because of the name right well, and, and i don't i don't necessarily associate foreign with yeah, like white no um, yeah. but the fact that white is the default needs to change mm-hmm no, 100%. But even like the president, I mean, I, I don't want to miss, I think she's Indian, though, of, of the foreign so. association. It's just kind of like, you know, it's not to say you think like, oh, just because you have a minority and uh, a woman leading it, that it's going to be better than it would be otherwise. Because there's also something to be said about people when they kind of get into the uh, the club, if you will, where you're kind of like the token member of the club, and then you just want to like kind of not saying that's what she's doing, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, you just kind of... Well, and it, and it comes down to that thing that most women experience, you know, and I think that this probably goes for all minority groups, is we've sort of been taught that only one can make it, right? Mm-hmm. So only be, one of yeah, you yeah. is allowed at this table. Um, right. So instead of, you know, helping each other, you know, it becomes a, a fight to the end between you and this person instead of lifting each other up and instead of making space for them, you know, for each other. Um, in different spaces, the default has been competitiveness. And that's sort of part of the nature of, you know, white supremacy and, and all of that is that it fostered that kind of competition, I guess, in the lower. So we would destroy ourselves also. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like once you break into an advantaged group, it's not a zero sum game. And so it's just sort of, yeah, it's it's a super toxic scenario that. But it has been, I, I know, and I, and, and I can speak from experience, you know, it has been difficult to deprogram that from my brain. Right. Mm -hmm. That I, you know, I'm not the only one who can succeed at this and that everyone doing well is is great. But I think it's part of the work we got to do. So there's one category in particular I do want to talk about as a byproduct of this, and that is Best Director. And so, you know, we did have this sort of historic nomination this year in that three women directors were nominated. And yet the way that the show had so inconsistently been awarding things, I was like, oh, my God. 
what if it goes to one of the men, one of the two men? Because it was David Fincher and it was Aaron Sorkin, and they did give Aaron Sorkin um, Writer, best screenplay, screenplay. yeah, mm-hmm. for Trials of Chicago 7. I was like, eh, that's unnecessary. Chloe Zhao ended up winning, which, you know, I'm very happy about in some senses because she's the second woman ever to win and the first Asian woman. Very exciting for me, but I'm also like, Nomadland is not my favorite film. It's, I think it's going to win this year. You know, I think it's mm. just sort of the best. I of mean, the crop I guess it, it it's the criteria that they, you know, usually evaluate these things on. Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about No Man Land in a minute. I do think it was well directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's just, it was nice to see that space was made for multiple women and that they, they seemed at least to be, obviously it's literally a competition. So there's no, there's no arguing that, of course, the like inherent structure of the, the way they've been grouped together is a competition, but there doesn't feel to be like, okay, oh, you're not welcome here. You know, like mm-hmm. I, it's, a, it's not cutthroat in the way, the way that we're trying to deprogram ourselves from. Yeah, it was exciting to see her win. But of course, we all wish it was for movies we love, right? So I think yeah. I think it's sometimes, you know, even watching people, you know, like I love Aaron Sorkin for a number of things. And so seeing him win always makes me happy in some ways. But in part of it, it's just like, wow, that wasn't great, though. So but that is the nature of it sometimes. Yeah, just a weird, weird year in general. And I was going to say, when it comes to kind of talking about this, seeming like they were kind of trying to course correct in some of the awards they were giving or given, when you think about articles like the one that came out, they knew that was coming out. There's no way that they learned with all of us the day that came out. So like when, it, when we talk about when was voting due, that article has been in the works. Mm-hmm. There was probably a lot of research done about it, all this, whatever. And they probably were asked to comment and all this kind of stuff. They knew it was coming out. So yeah, I think I several, think several members way. were asked to comment and like, yeah. Yeah, but so either way, it's absolutely. like the votes, you could look at it. The, who knows when they were due, but who knows how long this article has been. That's awards, true. Yeah. You know, and so they tried to course correct. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things where I think it's important to at least be, you know, we can be happy for the people who won and the progress that mm-hmm. maybe is starting to be made without congratulating the Hollywood Ford and Press for work done. <laughs> if you, you know what I mean? Like we don't have, yeah. we can be happy about the result without congratulating them and giving them the pat on the back or something because they don't deserve it at all. Because the thing is, is a black child sitting at home watching John Boyega win is still a black child at home watching John Boyega win. You you are absolutely right. And there was this little sort of bit. I don't know who was doing the bit. I don't know if they're like a YouTuber or comedian or whatever it was. It's one of those like adult interviewing kids things. And, uh, you know, like, what are movies? What is this? And then the one question that they asked all the kids, and I'm sure a lot of editing went into this is, who is Chadwick Boseman and all the kids go Black Panther, that's Black Panther, that's Black Panther. And so, yes, there's absolutely good that can come of this. I just also feel a feeling of sadness about the the way it is, this change is being implemented. Yeah, yeah 100%. agreed. They're not putting in the work, right? That's the... Yeah. My two high points of the night were when Barb and Star came out. And let me just tell you, yes, Star, yes. I, I wish that Barb and Star had actually hosted the whole show. I thought that would have been amazing. I would have. Yeah, uh, I would have loved that. But I really enjoyed them coming out and doing their little thing. And then also, I obviously loved watching Queen Jane Fonda uh, receive her award and not wasting any oh, time. Oh, yes. And just being like, you know, I'm going to call out the BS of the world right now, as I've always done. And yep. did it. She looked awesome. She advocated just, for every group. Yep. Yeah. Those were my two wonderful. high points for sure. Yeah. And you predicted that last week. We were like, the one thing I'm happy about is, is Jane Fonda getting the uh, yeah, award. Yeah, so. the one guaranteed <laughs> award yeah. is that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my my parents were like, my dad went, who were those two women with the bags? And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I realized he was referring. To, he's like, are they? I was like, those are characters. Those yeah, are it, two people playing characters. You're like, that's Barb and Characters, Star. father. They're actors. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're actors. Yeah, I, I okay. So I don't know if it was a high point. Minari won best foreign language film, mm-hmm. which you know I have very mixed feelings on because I wish that foreign language films would qualify for best drama at the Globes, which apparently they do not. And do we know um, they don't for sure? Yeah, yeah. I, I did this in the footnotes of the last oh, episode. God. Yeah, it's it's just absurd because any film that is over fifty one percent in non English. <laughs> is not eligible for In best picture drama. Like, yeah, and even it, yeah, even if it's made because it's like even when they announced it, like Minari USA, it's made in the United States. Why can't it just be best picture? Well, it so it's it's sense. best foreign language film. Oh, totally. Which, okay, but... fine. The title 
subtitles correct, but to me what it says is that it implies that any film not in English can't be the best film of the year, which something like Parasite last year proved very much not the case. Or I would say even Roma, right, like is a film that should have won over Green Book at the Oscars. Pan's Labyrinth could have gotten in, you know what I mean? Yeah, there there are plenty, and there are other films in the best foreign language film Golden Globes category that I would have picked over some of the things they nominated for best picture in general. Like Two of Us is a French film. It's beautiful. It's sad. I cried a lot. It's about like memory loss and relationships. And, you know, I was like, that's a million times better than multiple of the films. So I, I was happy it won, but I was sad that it was sort of relegated to this other category and wasn't allowed to qualify for best drama. Yeah, we'll see with the Oscars because I know it's different with the Oscars usually. So we'll, obviously we saw with Parasite and stuff, but I'll, I'm curious what they submitted under, or maybe they do both. Well, no, they can't do foreign film there because it's not a foreign film. Huh? No, so they, yeah, they have, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, but, but also Oscar, Oscars allow up to 10 totally, best picture yeah, nominees. Yeah. So, so I'm sure I can't we'll imagine it not. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I was happy for Soul when it won, mm-hmm. you know, just in general. I was very sad that Schitt's Creek didn't win. Like Eugene Levy didn't win. Yeah, Ted Lasso won instead. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, Catherine, Catherine O'Hara. And the, and the show won Best Comedy, which was Yeah, which was right. great. But I wanted them which all was, to win. Which was Dan winning, but yeah. Right. right. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised that The Crown won. Like I, you know, I thoroughly enjoy the show. I like the show. All the actors seem to, most of the actors seem to sweep, but yeah. it was just a little bizarre. I, I just kind of assumed that it had been on a downward, but I guess Princess Diana will like, you know, I'm so obsessed with her and, yeah, it was nice. It was cute for her to win. When you read like the story of how she even like got the role and all the whatever, she's so new to the scene and everything. It was so it was cute for her to win this. <laughs> she was yeah, so excited yeah. and like was clearly like, oh my god, like are you kidding me? Right. And then there were yeah, there were a couple of awards where I was like, and here's where it's gone right. Like <laughs> Rosamund Pike in I Care a Lot. I was surprised by that one. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised by that one. I don't remember when I was watching it who I thought was going to take it, but I didn't think it was going to be her. Any, who was it? it was anyone but her? It was Michelle for her? French Exit. It was Anya for Emma. And it was, but there, I remember thinking specifically someone else is going to take it. Oh, oh, I thought Maria Francis. Bakalova was going to take it for Borat. Oh, it was, okay. Too. So it was Maria Bakalova for Borat, Kate Hudson for oh, Kate music, Hudson, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer for French Exit, Rosamund Pike. And uh, anyway, yeah. um, there, there were just a bunch of categories where I was just very confused as to I guess they just further proved to me that I was like, okay, well, yes, we may have tried to make up ground in terms of diversity and inclusion, but there are also plenty of categories where we just are going to arbitrarily throw our votes at whoever yeah. schmoozed us the best. Well, because there were also yeah categories like that where it was like, okay, mostly white people, <laughs> you know, nominated, yeah. where it was like when there were other roles uh, out there that were not just white people. So it's just this thing where it's like, okay, you put something like Minari, which I know we're not discussing the whole film on this right now, but you put something like that in foreign language film and then we don't see, does that mean that none of the actors were qualified to be considered best actor, best actress? Cause you don't have a category for foreign language film acting. You know what I mean? Does like, would they not qualify oh, to even be considered? Even up. Yeah. Because there were a couple performances in that, that I thought. Should question. Have been on there. So it's just interesting when you, when oh, you make the grandmother should have been on there without question. I am no, with, without question. Yeah. But I just, but I'm just saying it's like, it's interesting to me how they separate that because that's that's that. true. I didn't look that up when I looked up the foreign language film rules. Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Like there's yeah, it I wasn't going to be time. great. Yeah, I still had a good time. I I'm an I'm an award show person, especially movie ones, and so I had a good time. I, I will look. I will still be excited about watching the Oscars, even though I'm sure I'll come out of it with a similar like eh, feeling afterward. If I had to do it over, knowing what I know now, I would have watched it again because it's you know I'm not going to rewatch it, but I'm just saying you know. I, <laughs> I, I would have still watched it. I just have fun with it. But yeah, it's probably the weakest. I mean, Zoom stuff aside, even the weakest one we've had in several years, for sure. Weird yeah. year. And then weird times. as <laughs> the newly minted Golden Globe drama best picture, yeah. uh, Nomadland we watched. What did what did you think of that one? I actually liked it. I don't do I think it's like the best picture of the year? Not necessarily. But I was very surprised. I didn't know much going in to the film at all besides, you know, Francis was in it and Chloe was directing it decided just to watch it without a trailer without anything and n- looking at what it was about like the i guess the the structure of the or i guess the plot let's just say that looking at the plot knowing it now i am surprised i found it as uh entertaining as i did i was not bored in the film which i looking at the plot would think i would be i guess if that makes sense yeah i thought it was it was obviously kind of slow character study thing, but I tend to not hate those usually. So um, it depends, of course. 
But, I mean, would I watch it again? I don't know. Maybe not. But I did enjoy myself, and I wasn't, like, ridiculously bored the whole time. I thought it was illustrative, obviously, of, you know, a lot of Americans that are struggling for a lot of reasons, and we're not helping them. And so I think it was sad. Yeah. I- the focus on grief, I guess, maybe probably resonated with me a little bit, too. I've done a lot of grieving over the last year for family members that have been lost and things like that. But mm-hmm. the the kind of core of, like, when you get to know someone really well in the film, you'd kind of learn that. Not They're not all looking at this nomad life as something that's because they have no other choice, but also it's kind of it is a choice and that they're like, I'm going to live this way and this is what I'm going to do. And a lot of times you get to the bottom of it that they are kind of, I want to say running from grief, but just running towards something that's better than where they were. And maybe there isn't a place that is that, and maybe it just is the open road and whatever. But I thought it was interesting to see they were all kind of grief-centered because it felt very real to me. And like Frances McNorman's a great actress, but overall in general, it just felt very real. And I was like, who are these people? And I actually realized, because I looked up a couple of things, Swanky in particular, these are like, some of them are like real people, real nomads, like not act Like Swanky apparently is not an actress. Yeah, almost everyone... Most of them, but yeah, David I think Strathairn everyone but David Strathairn and, and, and yeah, Francis. there may be like one or two other actors, but the majority. Oh, that's funny because it really did feel very documentary to me. Yeah, it kind of did, ways, and maybe it, maybe know? it would have been a better doc. I don't know, but it, but that struck me in a way where I was like, how interesting that this feels so real and raw. But then it's like, you know, you put a camera in someone's face and make them talk about stuff. Not everyone can do it very naturally. So I was like, these are like just these people are just real people, but they're doing it so well and telling their story and stuff. And I thought. I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. And then it, it actually spoke more to Chloe's chops as a director, kind of being like, that's an impressive feat, you know, to be able to do that. Have either of you seen her first film, The Writer? Yeah. Mm-mm. So uh, the, she has one more before that called Songs My Brothers Taught Me, yes. which I've yes, not I saw seen. That I actually just watched The Writer two days ago. I hadn't seen it. And, and that's also, you know, a film that has non-actors in it. And I was just really impressed by her ability to direct them because Matt, as you said, getting these performances out of people is not an easy thing. It has me really curious as to what Eternals is going to look like uh, just because I'm like, wow, what happens? A hundred percent. When you have real actors. I know. And that's that Francis and, and, uh, you know, David Strathairn aren't excellent actors. So I saw this film, I think it's the only film I've ever seen at a drive-in. I went to the Mill Valley Film Festival for it. I hadn't gone to see a movie at that point in eight, nine months or something like that. Uh, So I saw this in the fall. It wasn't like a proper drive-in screen, so it was a little weird for me. I don't even think this is a very good drive-in movie, to be honest. No, it was, but it was like, okay, it's an adventure. I'm going out, you know, I hadn't done anything in a very long time i mean i would have done it i'm just saying you know yeah, yeah but yeah yeah oh, i think i invited you jackie but we couldn't figure out the car logistics because yeah. like they wouldn't let mm. but you know it struck me at a really weird time i feel like it was either pre-election or very close to and the idea of just grief and trauma and all that stuff was resonated with me a bit i didn't really have a desire to watch it again because it just kind of bummed me out a little bit objectively i think there's some really strong performances i i know in my notes i wrote oh francis mcdormand's probably gonna win an oscar for shitting in a bucket (laughs) that's my takeaway from this film but yeah i just it's not i didn't love it yeah i I didn't hate it i think it's a you know there are very very impressive things about it but i i think it also got overhyped is honestly what it came down to for me yeah i think not knowing anything about it probably helped me but like i said i don't know that i'd watch it again i don't really have any strong desire to yeah i would but but i'm not like pining to watch it again but i but i would you know what i mean so we'll see in the future i mean if it's available on hulu forever like we'll see if i was hulu right yeah you know we'll see if i go back and revisit it ever i don't know i i there are a couple scenes that kind of stood out where i was like wow that you know that was great like as far as all acting you know and but yeah it wasn't necessarily something where i was just like i didn't text anyone after and be like oh my god go watch no man you know where sometimes i do that (laughs) Right. You know, but it was uh, it was people. well done film. Yeah, and when I learned about the real people and stuff, it like it automatically gave it kudos to where it's like the director award I was very happy about, but the best picture award I didn't think needed to happen, I guess, if that makes sense. And so I thought that was just super cool. There's another film that I like a lot by Jonathan Glazer, Under the Skin, which I know is a weirdo one and whatever, but similar kind of thing. It is Scarlett Johansson, but they're over overseas and filming with people that literally didn't even know who she was didn't know she was an actress and so she's like having to kind of ad lib with these people in these scenes it was just like it's hard to coming from a reality background I guess reality tv too at least professionally it's this interesting mix of like documentary and real film style where it's like you have to like you have the story in mind you have this character 
but so much of the interactions from your actors have got to end up being kind of ad-libbed, you know, because you just don't know exactly what these other people are going to say, you know, when they're tell, tell your story and whatever. And she has to react to it genuinely, but as the character she's playing. Well, and it just kind of adds an extra layer of kind of interest. I mean, interest I know Jackie is not a fan, but it does like, bo- this is why yeah. Borat is. Yes. It's impressive. It is more often than not. Like it is. It's just a skill. And, and, you know, Borat is choosing to employ it one way. I don't, I don't know if I would directly compare, mm-hmm. you know, Nomadland just because it is like, okay, well, she obviously could direct them, you know, that they were aware they were in a movie. <laughs> no, but you're a hundred percent right. And that's why I was actually really happy to see, I mean, Borat won. And I was really happy to see that it was getting recognition just because if nothing else, I mean, beyond the fact that you've made an entertaining film that is uncomfortable for some funny for others you know whatever but that's all just that's all just effective filmmaking you know whatever regardless right and so it's a thing where yeah. you made an effective film and the technicality behind how you do it is crazy it's nuts and it's like it's really impressive so i'm, I'm happy that that was given its, its recognition as well for sure but yeah i would i recommend nomadland to somebody if they're at all interested in it absolutely because i thought if you're interested in it already then you're probably gonna like it fine i'm guessing i haven't seen the trailer but i can't imagine it's a lot more exciting than the film but you know i don't know how you would jazz it up yeah. like how would you yeah. even i like, just I I'm there's, 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 a, there's a trailer like, that like the marvel cut of the trailer <laughs> yes. you know especially because he's got a turtles coming out it's just like, like, <laughs> now i'm, I'm just picturing this now. marvel version and i'm just yeah I'm, just, I'm having a good time with it in my head epic music and like yeah, all the stuff sunset shots and stuff yeah. Just and like, the driving and yeah the, the score yeah. and then the Flat bucket tire, no putting <laughs> a bucket, bucket you know what i mean yeah no, it's funny, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's it was a moment, it was a thing, and I was, you know, I was into it. But I could totally see any of those criticisms on it for sure. Yeah, if you like, if you don't mind slow burn character studies, yeah, it was it was a character journey. Yeah, is really what it came down to. So if you don't mind that, if that's all you need in a film, then you'll enjoy it. And if you need, you know, action, um, and when I say action, you know. It, Things I mean, happening in a like very more like, like, a low like, a, like a linear plot, <laughs> like a yeah. plot. Yeah. You know, like if yeah. you need people well, it's, to actually, it's not that it didn't doing... have a plot. It just didn't have a traditional plot, right? And yeah. it's not if you if you want to just watch people interact and then sort of build your own plot. Awesome, that this is the movie for you. If you want like a clear linear plot where things happen, this isn't it. <laughs> you know, this is not the one to watch. Uh, but I, I love a, I love, I love a character journey. So I liked it well enough. But I, I yeah. yeah. I, I don't see myself watching it a lot. So. Now, do we think that this film was, because I, I guess I don't really know. I didn't look at like when it was shot and stuff. I know Francis lived the quote unquote nomad life while filming it for a few months or something like that. But when it was filmed, do we know, was this film like seen in that this kind of what helped her like, is it that old where it kind of helped her land the Eternals directing gig? Or do we think that this was happening simultaneously? No, I believe the Eternals was announced after the writer. Okay, after the writer, and then, okay. But I wonder when this was made. Like, yeah. did she rap on Eternals and then film this? Because Eternals was supposed to come out already, and so, like, it was probably yeah. in special oh. effects world for so long that she shot this after, maybe? Quite possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I would I would imagine. Yeah. Well, mm, this could have been filmed a little while ago. Yeah, no, that's the thing, is it, it could have been filmed literally. I also can't time, imagine so. the shoot time was, like, too long. Yeah, It was a few months, but yeah. But, uh, I yeah, I mean, I... I really do have to give Marvel credit, though, for continuing to pick not unorthodox, but just people who are actually no, I'll rephrase that because they didn't do that for a very long time. So no. I appreciate that they are getting their act together and pulling at, you know, directors from less conventional pipelines. I hate saying it because he is a black man, but I think with, with the arrival of Black Panther, but also I guess you could say it for Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn, I think that those films in particular showed them how much they really can learn to rely on very different voices from like just the generic kind of love them but John Favreau you know what I mean type of voice with yeah. Iron Man and all that stuff I think it kind of was showing them that and it's like I like that we it seems they are continuing down that path and I hope that they just go full in on it because how cool comic books themselves don't all feel yeah. the same necessarily either you know so it's like I love that you can have this really different take on something and it's just from the same universe so i'm really excited to see what she does especially seeing that the three films that she has made are all very much character studies 
And I would, I would argue, I mean, if, if, mm-hmm. if we are basing this Eternals film off of Neil Gaiman's work, which I'm sure it's based on a lot of stuff, but if it's kind of based on the, the Neil Gaiman stuff, I wouldn't say that's not character study stuff. So I think it's, it's interesting choice, but it could be really, uh, it'd be really cool. So I hope we get a trailer someday. <laughs> I know. I was like, I hope someday. we get to see the movie someday. someday. Yeah. <laughs> At some point. You know, someday. Until then. Yeah. But until then, yeah. we have WandaVision to hold us we over do. and we'll have Captain, uh, the well thank you both yeah thanks thank you again to jackie and matt for joining and now a couple of follow-up points so let's start with a big one what is a scarlet witch big big question obviously the scarlet witch is a mantle that has been granted to wanda maximoff in the comics at least and and obviously in this latest episode of wandavision we have learned she is a scarlet witch so this is where it starts to get complicated let's not forget that the marvel comics at least have multiple universes multiple storylines i think we're currently in earth 616 which is sort of the universe we're living in but either way scarlet witch is the mistress of magic and the following comes from the actual marvel.com website the source of wanda's natural abilities stem from a twofold base, unparalleled mastery of actual magic and an innate power to warp reality. Due to exposure to mystic energies and forces at an early age, and so in the case of the show WandaVision, one of the Infinity Stones, Wanda may reshape reality to various extremes. Known as a hex in her formative years as an Avenger, the Scarlet Witch believes she used the ability to affect probabilities for a positive benefit to herself, though at times to imprecise outcomes. Later, she mastered the ability and began to understand it as a literal altering of reality. In addition, Wanda trained other other magicians and spellcasters to become proficient in magic use, which manifests from incantations and spells. To this end, she has become one of the most proficient sorceresses on earth so that is the part of the storyline that they seem to be drawing from in wandavision with agatha also from marvel.com they mention a magical life and that the witch with the witch agatha harkness's tutoring wanda grows into magical proficiency so it's unclear whether or not agatha is going to be a tutor here it's unclear if we're going to go to a place called the witch's road which matt mentioned a couple times in the episode it's a place where only sorcerers can tread it's unclear whether or not scarlet witch's mother or ancestors are also going to be you know witches of various powers it's just unclear we're gonna have to find out in this next episode so in terms of the golden globes we talked about okay well we know that foreign language films are not eligible for best picture drama also it turns out that animated motion pictures are not eligible for best motion picture drama or best motion picture musical or comedy or for best foreign language motion picture award which is also ridiculous to me however if a motion picture qualifies for best motion picture foreign language award it will qualify for any other motion picture category awards except for as we mentioned best motion picture drama and best motion picture musical or comedy which means that the act awards were eligible for the actors of Minari. Very disappointing overall. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.